Come on, love. I think that's not gonna be All right, welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, and with us today in the flesh for the first time in three years, it's Calvin McGalvin, my man. As always, you know, it's always great to, it's always fun and great and everything to be here. And it's, of course, great to see you again for the first right. time forever. So, and with us virtually is my boy Philip. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on? My name is Philip, aka wasn't invited to Top Golf in Washington, D.C., but it's all good. So, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't sick, but you know, I'm out here virtual living and doing my thing. It's all good, bro. We're going to do Top Golf in Kansas City. We'll be there a long ass time. But we have not recorded the podcast in three weeks, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First thing we want to get off our chest is these belligerent fans who kind of need to get punched in the face a little bit. I know that's not what we want from our NBA players, but I'm always kind of here for violence. Is it not, though? I'm always here for violence. I think it's part of the reason why I like seeing them fight occasionally. So, like, them versus regular people, I'm excited. Like, I'm I'm not here for violence. Just be off principle. Like, it's there are other ways to solve your problems. But, like, I, I can't just be like, it's just like you, you can't, you shouldn't just act any kind of way. Yeah, like, like you, you threw down a gauntlet, though. I'm a, okay, I'll, I'll say it like this. What's that phrase? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right? I'm not saying that, like, I want... I'm not saying, like, fans everywhere should just be... Uh, well, like, the, what am I trying to say? I feel like I'm about to say multiple dumb things. But, um, just, like, it, it would probably make things better if it happened once. Just because, like, then some of them would think twice, like, oh, maybe I'm about to get my ass beat. If I'm out here throwing, like, cups at people and, like, doing all kinds, like, doing and saying anything to the players, the people who I supposedly am a fan of and I spent my money to watch them play, which, why would you, you, you don't have to buy tickets. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about this now. It's a bad like, investment. It's a really bad investment. Like, you go just to get ticked off the people you paid money to see. I'm, and it's playoff, it's a playoff ticket. Right after COVID, you know the prices are stupid. I don't. My whole thing is. My whole thing is, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Has the number of fan incidences gone up, or is it just we're coming out of COVID, and people thought that the fan incidences were going to just be, like, not a thing because people are so happy to be into the stadiums or the arenas, whatever. So, all of a sudden, when something happens, there's more spotlight put on it. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like I've really thought about this, and I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know which one's which, but I'm positive. And if you go back and listen to old NBA players specifically, go back and listen to some of their, uh, you know, past incidences and things that happened to them, Fans been acting wild for a long time. Fans always acted wild. We hear about you know you people have been throwing stuff on the court at people forever. You know what I mean? You can go back to the gladiator days. Like people have been doing it forever. But I think that once we got out of you know once the arena started opening up, and fans started going back. People had kind of like 
glorified sub- subconsciously. Like, what fan interactions were going to be like with uh, the, the athletes and the players. And then they quickly realized there's just some douchebags out there. There's some awful people out there. And those awful people were in their room, their houses, just waiting for their opportunity to get out. They're watching the games in the bubble. And then their head like, ooh, I can't wait to get back into the Boston Garden so I can throw someone. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably the case for some people. But, like, I don't think that the fan incidences are getting more ridiculous. They're just the same. But we just started coming back into the arenas after a long hiatus. So it's a bit, you know, uh, fresh. So a bit more fresh in our minds. Because you had that one dude who ran to the court. People were running the course all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you got pictures of you got new little kids running the course all the time, trying to hug LeBron and and Carmelo Anthony and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm not sure which one it is because I I kind of equated it to like, you know, like the mass shooting thing that's got real dark real quick. But I'll just let you know mm-hmm. when like the pandemic happened, mass shootings went down obviously because people weren't out and about. All of a sudden. The, the pandemic started to, you know, uh, lighten a bit, and the mass shootings went up, and all of a sudden, it was breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Now, there's one every weekend, we barely hear about it. I think the exact same thing is going to happen when it comes to fan, you know, uh, behavior, when it comes to the arena things, too. It first happened, breaking news, breaking news, like, oh, this thing happened, this thing happened, happened this week, happened this game, blah, 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 real, real sudden, real, real quick, but eventually, we're going to get get back to where we were, it's going to be okay. People just ignorant. We are going living our lives. So, so like, as you were talking, I thought about something. Um, that, like, it's probably, like you said, kind of a combination, both, like, of course, you know, ignorant, belligerent, entitled fans have existed for a while, basically since the dawn of sports. And... Like, we probably did kind of glorify just, like, you know, people finally get to get back in and see games live. Like, they just, you know, like you said, just kind of be happy to be there to go. They enjoy it, you know, the game. Like, they probably cuss in their seats or whatever. And, like, you know, they go home. But, like, something that occurred to me, right, is that the thing is, in all likelihood, right, because, like, of course, with most of the place, most of the stadiums that do have, like, like, basically everywhere, even, like, if they, they have fans, it's a much smaller number than usual in terms of, like, allowed seating. And, like, it occurs to me that, like, the kind of... That the, the, the fans most likely to show back up this early are going to be the more entitled, belligerent, probably wealthier fans. And the more entitled, belligerent, wealthier fans are going to act entitled, belligerent, and wealthy, like they don't have any home training for real. Uh, which it's not good, but like it, you can make the argument kind of that also some of that get, becomes less noticeable and they can kind of do less harm when like there are thousands of other fans that are acting like they have some goddamn sense. But I don't know if you can actually do anything about it though. So like there's like, can I give my solution? Okay, I have to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. This is, I feel like I know where this is going. Next time. When the player association meets, they need to negotiate that once every 20 years. Okay, got you. 
Slide a malice in the palace in. Just write that in there. Write that in there where nobody gets in trouble. Cause it just everybody needs an attitude adjustment. I, I think I think if they sh- we see how massive these people are, and you think they like friendly giants. You nobody was really messing with nobody. Run our test. Like all all we need is one or two. All we need is one or two. I think people will put two and two together like these aren't these aren't children and if they are they're six foot ten children and you should probably just leave them alone like i w- one part of the equation is you just don't think nothing's gonna happen to you yeah yeah no with there being the most multiple factors that are involved one entitlement like calvin said two as long as so alcohol at a sporting event, these things are bound to happen. Like, it is what it is. Like, you get that liquid courage in them, and they already feel entitled beforehand, they're going to do some wild things. You know what I mean? Boston Garden is notorious for Boston in general, in sports, is a notorious place for wild things to happen. Philadelphia, same thing. In some ways, I'm like, this is bad. I, mean, this, I don't even know. Like, in some ways, I'm like, this is bad. It's got to stop. How do you stop it? Solution, solution, solution. But in other ways, I'm like, people take sports really seriously. Like, <clears throat> they're, like there are true, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a sports fan. Mm-hmm. But there are true, like, <clears throat> excuse me, sports fans like the fandom is like a real thing it's it's like a level that's like above mine for like their home team or home players whatever and so they're gonna act wild in like a weird defense mechanism kind of way because it's like a representation of them i guess and i don't know if you can stop that (coughs) granted i'd rather it be popcorn than something way more drastic you know what i mean because these because people are wild People are wild. So people are going to do something. But once again, it kind of is sports too. Like, like in hockey games, they do wild things too. You know what I mean? Like sports are a wild thing and people take it passionately. So I'm kind of torn on it because I know that like you have to stop it to a degree. But then I don't even know how you stop that because of how people feel. Now, the Mouse in the Palace happened, but I guarantee you, since then, up until the bubble, and, in, and after the bubble, <coughs> excuse me, many things have been said to players. Many things have been thrown at players. You know what I mean? So you, and honestly, you'd rather catch them in, a, in, in, the, in the arena than outside the arena. Just like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got any more for that one? I mean, at a certain point, you start talking in circles. Just entitled ass fans doing entitled ass shit. And, like, at a certain point, just like, there are things they can do that they probably won't do. Also, you could just, you know, actually arrest and press charges. Folks, it might. It's not entitled. It's not necessarily going to stop it. But like when people, when some people realize their penalties for acting like an asshole in a game you paid money for, 
to go and like watch and enjoy some of them will fared in some of the like a, she paid to go to jail stupid my con- it just occurred to me that a number of these people probably most of these people who are actually acting this belligerent also have the money to just post their own bail and have good ass lawyers and that's cool uh, we're going to walk out of here on this one liner because I just thought of it. It makes me laugh. Entitled fans deserve entitled hands. <laughs> I'm here for it. They do. But let's go ahead and talk about something else uh, that's just as baffling. That whole situation in Boston where Brad Stevens is now in the front office and they are looking for a head coach because Danny Ainge does not like the way these people <laughs> People defend a drawing on the ground. Well, I will mm. say this. <clears throat> I got I got two things on this. Mm. I get that this is the maneuver that because okay when Stephen A. Smith came out and he said the whole like race thing, like I I didn't think about that at first. And I usually think about that stuff like beforehand and then deviate out i didn't think about that because <clears throat> i know this is how danny ainge worked when he was in uh phoenix i know yeah. this is the exact same process he went from head coach to the front office like this is the exact same thing so it didn't deviate from what he's already done before secondly Everybody knows Brad Stevens is a good X's and O's coach, and Brad Stevens is good at picking up t- picking talent. But Brad Stevens, because he's you know he's a head coach, he's in those meetings and all that kind of stuff when he comes to draft picks. But the thing that's been like a knock on him is he a player coach, like player like personality, all that kind of stuff, right? The things that a head coach has to do beyond the X's and O's. So. Isn't he kind of tailor-made for a front office job if he's good at those certain things and not good at the, uh, you know, the motivational aspects and the whatever uh, things of that line of nature uh, towards being a head coach? Like, I, like the, the, the move makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about it in any other way about that. Uh, but honestly, the move just kind of made sense to me of how who Brad Stevens is. Put him in the front office. He's kind of boring anyways. But he is good at X's and O's, and he is good at – an eye for talent, even when he was at Butler, right? He's good yeah. at he's good at having an eye for talent. So put him in the front office and put somebody else in there who's more of a rah rah motivator motivator kind of guy. Yeah, I mean that's what people been wanting from him for like years though, and I, I get where you're coming from. It's just like from the outside looking in, it just happened really fast. Like it, it just happened abruptly. It's just like they lost the they they, they lost their series, and it's just like. Oh, Brad Stevens is in the front office now. Yeah. I mean, but if, but if Danny Ainge continues to be in the front office with, like, his team continuing to do this, like, underachieving, granted, Jillian Brown was injured this year, so it was kind of an excuse, but, like, but his team's underachieving, and that's kind of, like, tank his legacy, so, like, you got to dip out before your legacy's tainted all the way. Like, I kind of got it. Like, for some reason, I just, like, fit, it just fit to me. But yeah. it did come abruptly because this, this happened around the same time as the Coach K thing, right? So it, it happened abruptly, but, you know, uh, I don't know. It kind of made sense to me. 
So, did y'all see the story of why, like, Danny Ainge left? Uh-uh, no. Fill, like, fill me in. I, I didn't. So, the story that I saw from ESPN that was reported, mm-hmm. um, after Kyrie did the stump thing, he went to go rally the troops, like, the rest of the team, to go confront Kyrie for doing that. And when they went in there, they were like, you want us to go fight Kyrie because he stuck on Lucky? Because that's what they that's what they call the mascot. That's right. on the ground. That's a drawing. And they were like, no. That's See, stupid. That's and that. he was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't reach the players. He's like, dog, what did you did you think you had dogs or preschool kids? Like, them boys went to Duke and Cal. Like, Granted, he's got a bunch of, what do you call it? Everybody you see that gets mad over, it's football and basketball. Everybody you see that gets mad over, like, the stomping or the disrespectful of, like, the middle of the field thing. It's always a bunch of white boys. Like, like, like it usually is, right? They're always a bunch of, like, Oh, they just broke their own th- like that's usually the, the case. Black people ain't really messing with that. You know what I mean? Oh, you want to go fight Kyrie, who used to be on our team that we have an issue with, get stepped on this imaginary leprechaun? Uh, I'm gonna go home and count my money. You know what I mean? Like, black people aren't about that. That's like like more times than not. And I don't know, like Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, if he would have had, like, a, I don't know, Tyler Hansborough, you know what I mean? They might have been over there. But, like, Jason Tatum? Come on now. Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart. Over here throwing hands in the crowd in, in o- o- OSU. You know what I mean? Like, he don't care about that. So, like, that just is not in their character. He should have known that. Like, yeah, he, that's because he had, he had to do it. I think the thing, the thing also, though, right, is just, like, it's – because, like, I think I did see some things about, like, you know, various former Celtics having various thoughts and whatever. And it's just, and, like, the kind of person who would, who, the kind of person, like, just in general, who would reason, who you could reasonably expect to get mad about this kind of thing is also the kind of person, or there's also, like, a player who basically spent their entire career there, or, like, spent, like, all the years that really mattered, like, at, at, a, at a particular place. So, like, and and so like it's you're just not going to have that from like a team full of like young players like that because it's just like like this is my team and I like it here but it's just kind of like that's not a, that's a kind of dumb hill to die on yeah. right it's like we it's like yeah. I might like someone for a lot of things but I, it's just like I I can find better reasons than that much better reasons I mean look I mean he is a guy he is a white guy who played basketball in Boston in the 80s. So, like, if it's his also personality, yeah. but it don't fit many other people's personalities. Like, he's, he's also a career asshole. Yeah, that's see, also, that's also, that's okay. Did you see two former Celtics who won a championship within, like, the 2000s that were hot about it? It was no. Big Baby and KG. Mm-hmm. Two dudes who are naturally fired up and just ready to go anyway. <laughs> just like, dude, calm down. It's a picture. Like, I can see if it was, like, a mascot that he stumped out, which, you know, also... Not actually... Well, that'd be tragic, but also kind of funny. Yeah, that, that, that's when you go ahead. That's that's somebody who's actually on the staff and, like, alive. Yeah. 
But no, you out over a picture, like you're just like there, there are better hills to die on. Look, and I, I want the story to be true because it makes it so much funnier than it not being true. Did y'all hear the other one? Why Danny Ainge is so uh, hung up on this? Apparently, before games, he used to get down and like kiss the floor, like kiss, kiss Lucky on the lips type stuff. I, I need to check something on 2K right quick. That boy weird. That boy weird. <laughs> I mean... That animation in 2K. <laughs> that's just dirty. Exactly. Exactly. Not many people, I, I get they clean the floors, but like also they clean the floors with cleaning products. Not even like... So you like should be thinking about... Like, that's so nasty. That's nasty. But once again, like white people, white people had to do black the the black plague and stuff. Like they nasty anyway. So this <laughs> is gross, man. That's disgusting. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. on the floor. Yeah, they man. asked either KD or Kyrie after the game, like how they felt about it. I was like, y'all do know we run on Lucky's face like during the game all the time. It's not really an issue. Then right. Ainge believe in the five second rule. <laughs> it's not a five second rule that floor been there forever crazy that's disgusting man that's actually disgusting <laughs> I'm you. I hope that's true because if that is true like this is just, I'm, just, I'm like speechless about that kissing the floor I mean it's embarrassing it's embarrassing yeah just say you're a loser <laughs> just say you're a weird loser you got chips though right yeah you, look just cause you got chips don't make you a winner you feel me no He's saying like you could. It's possible for folks to look into that. Into into that. Stuff. No, no, I know. Danny Ainge was cold, and the teams he were on were really good. Well, what, you I'm could not, just be a loser of a person. Oh yeah. Oh he. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I think he might be a loser person. Like you, you I, might be a winner, but you're a I don't loser. Think he just say a loser. I think he just lame. <laughs> like I really just think he a lame guy. I mean, look, if you if you that lame, you would loser to me. A lame asshole. We, we, you, you, we can't forget this. You worry about so much stuff that doesn't He's been matter. an asshole his entire, his entire life. He was an asshole when he was in the league. He's been an asshole since he's been a GM. Like, this is... Like... Anytime, it's, it's, it's just how he conducts himself. Anytime a man named Tree bites you, you <laughs> might just be a loser. What? What are you talking about? There's a story about a uh, actually this this happened like during a game. There's a uh, Tree Rollins and Danny Ainge got into a fight because and there's a dude named Tree Rollins, like seven foot, really big black dude that played I want to say like the eighties nineties, mm-hmm. and uh, he like he threw an elbow at the back of Danny's uh, head and Danny like picked him up and like he slammed him, but. Tree also had to bite that man at some point. If, if, if a grown man is biting you, you might be going a little too far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine me being in a situation to where a man would bite me. If he did, I'm going to pull that nine out. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, like you going to bite me? That's crazy, man. I don't, I don't even got a nine, but I'll go. I'll go, I'll go disappoint you real quick. That's crazy. All right, but let's go ahead and get into some actual basketball talk about 23 minutes in. I'm going to be real with y'all. I have been moving over the past three weeks, and then I had to recover from that joint. So I have not got into the series the way I should have. But uh, let's go ahead and start the sweeps. I mean, the heat. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I've heard people. Uh, <clears throat> I've heard people say, you know, uh, the Heat. You know, they had less time to, uh, you know, recover after the playoffs in this upcoming season, right? After from the bubble up to this season right now. And I, all I say is that is hogwash. That is uh, utterly ridiculous. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum said a minute ago that dudes were playing in the bubble. Dudes weren't being themselves in the bubble. Like, that's not you in the bubble. This is an NBA player, a man who was killing the playoffs, right? Especially when he lost his, uh, his second in command, uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Jimmy Butler isn't the best player, isn't a good number one. Jimmy Butler is a number two. Jimmy Butler's a number one on that team. And we see what happens when people can just do the regular activities, you know, and not be stuck in a hotel room for however amount of time and actually go out there and hoop and hoop in the ways they're supposed to be, hoop in the ways they're capable of hooping. They Jay also Butler, have influence calls, but that's none of my business. You said what? I said they also have the fans in, 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 in influence calls, but that's none of my business. And, like, they were getting blown out, so, like, it probably didn't matter that much in this case. But, like, it does matter in, in games. Like, fans have a tangible effect on how refs call games. Fans also have an effect on how a player plays. They can. Yeah. Right? But Jim Butler, once again, Jim Butler, in today's league, to be a two and not be able to shoot a three, really, is... Not the formula for success. Let's just say that. Uh, or two, three guard, and you you barely shoot threes. Like, nah, you got to scoot that game out a little bit. The people who do that, who? Uh, DeMar DeRozan and Jane Butler. Stayed mid-range game. Haven't really expanded the three out. The first, first round losers every year. It happens. You know what I mean? Uh, the never going to be championships. The Heat, whatever. I don't care about them. Yeah. The Bucks are the nice though, so it's what it is. Yes. And can we take a second to talk about how uh Chris Middleton looks like a first option? Like I know Giannis is still that dude for that team, but this don't look like um three point specialist, I got a mid range pull up Middleton. He looks like he, he can go. He can go. The way the thing is for the Bucks is they know the they know what their position for the team is. So Giannis is okay. I'm gonna do what I gotta do for the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, when you need you know when defense is locked down and it's not as much transition, and it's more like half court. Then that's why that's why Chris Middleton goes off. In the past, it's been an issue because that's all he had. Now they got Drew Holiday, which adds a whole another dynamic to it. You know what I mean? Um, I think they're they lost this past game one to the Nets, but I think they're gonna go seven games. But Drew Holiday over Eric or switching out Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe yeah. changed that team drastically, like drastically, because Eric uh, because Drew Drew Bledsoe is such a Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Drew Holiday is such a more versatile and better player than he is. You know what I mean? So. You're good. 
No, man, I, I think I think it's the same thing, but I, I feel like it's. Uh, I said my piece on the Middleton thing, like watching him in that game one, and uh, just seeing like how he works, like one on one scoring, like that's the only dude that really needs that ball on the team. Mm-hmm. Like at that size and his ability to create his own shot, and I get that he has other like Drew Holiday in uh, Giannis to be like some people that have some gravity that's going to get him some space. But like, that's he's that's nice. Crazy. Yeah, like, that's a luxury. It was quite the luxury. Uh, let's move on to a. Four or five matchup that was a lot bit more, a lot more fun. ATL and the Knicks, and I do not understand why you were excited to see the Knicks in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm not saying y'all, but we know what that team is made out of. Okay, well, I think one of the excitement is like Knicks fans and like you know sports media is in New York and it's, it, you know and they have, and there are a lot of Knicks fans and and the in like some in a lot of the media and whatever and so it's just like yes the Knicks they don't suck for once right and which is a feeling is as a Titans fan that I've understood like it's not unfamiliar it's like my team doesn't suck hot damn but like it still doesn't change the fact that it's just like they were trash for a while, and there were reasons they were trash for a while, even if, like, the players on the team aren't necessarily the the specific reasons why they were trash. And, like, in fairness, you know, it's, it's fair to be excited to see, um, you know, the Knicks players play, to see um, R.J. Barrett um, in... Audition uh, for other teams. Damn. <laughs> but... Um, and uh, damn, I can't remember his name. It was um, most improved player. Julius Randle. Thank you. Um, you didn't see those numbers, did you? I'm talking like I'm talking <laughs> about what, what the award races and stuff are looking like. I'm yeah. fairness. I would argue he probably shouldn't get it. It's just like his team is successful now, it, and he became a better passer, like legitimately better passer, at least by the numbers. But like. The thing, like, he, like you, like you were touching on, though, like, he played horribly most of that series. It's just, like, whatever he was doing all the year, it either stopped working or, like, his shot, like, he just went into a bad stretch or something. It was, it was amazingly awful percentage-wise and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, how do you do all that? And then you come here and you do this. It's just, like... It doesn't quite make sense. And granted, I'm speaking as a dude who had to look at the box scores more than watch the games. Maybe y'all too can talk a little bit more about like the actual what it looked like because because like it's just like you see the stuff and it's like why did you why did you suck? The bag just isn't deep offensively. Like he does have probably like two or three moves that he can get to, mm-hmm. but it's he has to use his right hand. <laughs> Like, he has to go over, like, a specific shoulder. I don't think he's fully figured out how to go that way. And uh, Nate McMillan is, like, a really good defensive coach. Mm-hmm. And we're going to touch on this later if, when we talk about the Sixers and uh, the Atlanta Hawks series. The Hawks are really big. That's a really big team. And Julius Randle, what, we're talking about, like, 6'9"? And if you he puts the power in power forward, 
but there's a lot of dudes. Like you got John Collins, you got Clint Capella, you got um Okongu coming off the bench. There's a lot of dudes that can just jam him up and match with him like size wise. I think that's what we saw all game. And it doesn't help that like the surrounding cast outside of them are also really big. Like Trey Young is six one, but the rest of that roster, I don't think they have a dude that's something like six five. So they got they got plenty enough size. I mean, Julius Randle was missing shots that he was like wide open on too, though. So like at some point in my head, I was watching it. I'm like, okay, so now we're seeing what a star and a superstar looks like because he ain't no superstar. Yeah. He just gonna be a star at height at his highest, right? Uh, because at some point. It was obvious that he was in his own head. Yeah. He couldn't, like, he was literally just missing open shots, open threes, open mid-ranges that he didn't have to do too many moves for, but he was just clonking them. Like, he was just he was bricking them. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was obvious that he was just, it was, in the, it was in his own psyche, and he couldn't get out of it. Uh, playoff basketball. Yeah, like the, the fans from going from the minimal amount of fans they had during the season to like eighty percent occupancy or whatever it was, mm-hmm. some crazy like seventy five, eighty percent, and those fans were loud. He was shook. Yeah. He was shook. The only person on the Knicks team, and they were all shook. Mm-hmm. But the only person who wasn't shook was Derrick Rose. Yeah. He's the only one who wasn't shook. Everybody else was shook to their core. And it was obvious when you were watching the game, because dudes were just missing those open shots. Each game should have been a lot closer, if not wins, but they they have enough dogs. And they have regular season dogs. We all know the difference between a regular season dog and a playoff dog. But Trey Young, he's just nice. Like, like, he's just nice. It is what it is, right? Uh, he plays the game how he plays the game, and he's just nice with it. He can shoot. He don't really care about nothing. He's going to talk about you to your face, not behind your back. It's going to be a whole thing, and his whole team's there to back him up, essentially. And you just saw what you're like. Like, during this regular season, you're like, ooh, Norris went to dogs. That's how they got to the fourth seed. Well, they saw what real dogs look like uh, during that series. And, you know, once again, Derrick Rose is the only one who showed up because he averaged, like, 25 points a game. Uh, everybody else was, like, and very efficiently, too. Everybody else was just, like, you know, they are missing shots and being upset on their <laughs> press talks after the game. You know what I mean? That's all it was, though, so. Like, if I may, though, right, and this is something that occurred to me, like, as you started talking, and this is kind of in defense of the Knicks, just that, like, or like, or like the rest of the Knicks roster that's not Derrick Rose. Is it like the vast majority of the roster had never played a playoff game prior mm-hmm. to like this series? And so while, like, it's fair, like they 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 were probably shook, right? I, again, I watched, but like, it makes sense. They were shook. Um, folks got in their own heads and missed stuff they shouldn't have missed, and let, probably let fans and the other team like get in their head and just stay there. But um, like. If you're, like, the Knicks front office or, like, even a Knicks fan, right, still, like, and, like, if you still, like, believe in your team, it's just kind of, like, it's a learning experience, right? Just because, like, 
really like really they like you you were good enough to get it but like now next time right when you're in the playoffs you've been like you have some experience you've been there before right so like as like a coach or like a GM like I I don't expect you to get shook like you got shot, shook last time I expect I expect better results I'm not saying like I, like I expect more of what we saw what we saw in the regular season to carry over and like that's a thing that's more of a long term thing and you kind of just have to see how that shakes out because for all we know right we'll look back in like five ten years and be like like Julius Randle was just a regular season player. Like soon as the playoffs come around, he just it, it like he was just trash the entire like his entire like the entire part of his career where he was actually cold, and like that might just be a thing, but we don't know that yet. Yeah, it's also it was his first playoff season, uh, his first playoffs in like six years, whatever he's been in the league. So like it is what it is. Uh, they have a pretty young team, uh, so I mean it, it looks as a stepping stone, right? Going yeah. forward, and you know Knicks are kind of tracked free agency and all that kind of stuff. Based off of this season, so uh, you know, you know, they weren't going anywhere anyways. But it's a good little stepping stone to see where they can go in the future. So, yeah. all right, if y'all want to move on to another matchup out east, we can talk about the Sixers and the Wizards. We're gonna keep it short, just like that series. Um, <clears throat> it was good to see Russ again. I like watching Russ play. Uh, I'm not sure if I like watching Bradley Bill play that much, though. At least not on that team. Like he has to shoot way too much for them to be successful, and I don't, I don't really like that. I, I think part of the issue is like just kind of thinking about the roster makeup. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Is it, is it like really right? There are only like three players roughly on that roster where you're just like, yeah, I'd feel comfortable starting them on another squad, right? Like Hachimura has been good, good young player. Of course, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who um, I guess after like getting healthy or whatever, just basically just kind of ran through the league, like from a stats thing, like he has been doing for a decent chunk of his career at this point. Um, but it's just like, I, and again, maybe I'm just forgetting dudes, but like I can't really think. Well, obvious. They got Douglas Pertons. Hmm? They got Dar- Douglas Pertons. He just got a really big contract. The boy shoot, but he like, shoots. But that's all he does. And like, and that's elite. But it's just like, okay, who's getting the rebounds? Who besides Russ? All Lopez. right, who's Robin Lopez, baby? <laughs> who's you know who's playing the defense? Because like none of the dudes we named are particularly good defenders, or in the case of Bertans in particular, god-awful. And, like, we can talk about, like, how, of course, the Nets are just, like, a 90% offense team, but, like, you, in general, and, like, you can't be the, you can't play like the Nets and be successful. Like, you're neglecting an entire half of the game, and truthfully, a little bit more, because, like, rebounding again is still a thing um but like i mean like you don't have to rebound much if you're not missing shots but yeah, um, a lot of shots yeah i like watching some play like mm-hmm. that's something to me drill and beat nice like isn't yeah. something to me uh drill and beat nice ben simmons nice Tobias harris is nice when he plays with doc when he plays for doc rivers like mm-hmm. they had no chance uh westbrook 
He, Westbrook goes. That's it. That's Westbrook, what I like. A lot of energy. He goes. Westbrook goes, and I'm fine with that. But Westbrook is essentially at this moment the definition of empty stats. So, uh, like, he, like he is the definition of that, which I don't like saying because, like, I don't like saying that because, the, like, it, the, those stats they wouldn't be in the position like that they were in to begin with. Yeah, but like with people putting with him putting up those kind of numbers though, like they should be doing a lot. And having Bradley Beal on the team, like those are like. But again, like who else besides besides Hachimura who gets the weirdest injuries? Who else do they have? Why are you keep including Hachimura? Did I, you, I like Hachimura. Look, I know you like Hachimura. Oh, look, he had like two games that were solid. In that series. Well, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in general, right? Oh, also, like for the looks future. good. He looks good. That's what I will say. He he looks like an NBA player. That boy not ready to prove this. That's I, that is future. He, he's still I, oh, he, yeah, he's he's future. With the contract. I'm not saying like he's the guy right now because clearly he's not. I'm not trying to pretend he is on a team where he's playing with Westbrook and Beal. But it's just like if you're gonna start naming dudes, like most of the rest of the squad isn't dudes you like they a lot of them are dudes you would include in deals. Because, like, you need to match cap space or yeah. something, right? Except maybe Avia, but, like, I don't know much about him. Yeah, he's a rookie, too. So yeah, like, he's, he's super young, too. Yeah. No, I'm just like, when's the last time he got the first round? Who, Russ? Yeah. Look, here's, here's my thing on the Russ thing. If we look at when Russell Westbrook started going crazy with the triple-doubles, that was after KD left. And... In those situations, the best teammate he had in OKC was Steven Adams, and we all know what Steven Adams can do. Like, he's good at what he does, but, like, he is. He, he's not putting up numbers for you. Like, he's that's a what you He's that's, – uh, that's fair. It was like – you again, like you said, you know what he's going to do, which is going to be play defense, get rebounds, and just, like, not move when dudes run into him, which, in fairness, can count for a lot when, like, dudes just get caught off guard and crumple. But, like, it's still, like, if you need if you need somebody to put up numbers, he's not he's not your guy, even though, like, he does a lot, and he does a lot of it well. Exactly. It's, but, yeah, he's not a scorer. He's a starting cali- caliber center, and that was his number two while he was in OKC. I, I don't think that he's a fairly – he's a relatively high level. Star. Wait. Are you a starting center, though? Who no, 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 are you including his whole time in OKC after KD left? Yes. And look, and if we want to talk about Paul George, can we talk about Paul George honestly in the way we actually view Paul George at this point? I mean, Paul George. When he got exposed to be. Well, I mean, playoff at this point, Paul George, I mean, I don't know, a glorified role player, but he. But still, right? Like, but still. Like, I don't like. He hasn't looked the first round, and you can't look past that though, because round, it's round if one. We, if we okay, look, when he, even when he had PG thirteen in OKC, name who else they had after that. We go back to Stephen Adams, and we know what Stephen Adams can do at this point, especially if we're talking about in the West. Hold on. So if we if we're talking about the West, you know you need three dudes. If only two dudes are doing everything, you're not you getting out. You don't need three. You don't need three dudes to get the first round. But everybody else that they were playing with has three dudes. dudes. I'm gonna make the argument that you don't need three dudes, but you but like the rest of the team still needs to be solid. 
And like, and, that but, was and like part of and, like, and like the thing is, right? Again, the whole basketball is a team sport, and Russ is one dude, one very impressive dude, but still just one dude. And like the the rosters around him have not been particularly impressive, and he's been coached. He's by Scott Brooks a fair bit, and my general understanding is he's not a good coach. Buns. Um And, like, as we said, like, co- coaching matters, especially, I'd argue, in the playoffs because of all the adjustments and things that get made. And so, like, it's going to affect – it's going to be hard for him to be successful if, like, his rosters tend to not be that great. And his coach just isn't a good coach. So, so we're blaming – all this on him not being able to get out the first round of the last five years because it's a team sport. If your team was exactly. trash the entire the entire time, then yeah, there um, is no way that when he was with the uh, Oklahoma City, either KD left those years, you know that he shouldn't have got the first round because they they were they were they were they were favorites some of those years. What what year? Like they might have been favorites, but that's when also when we saw playoff P arise, when we were all like, "Oh, he he might be a role player." Those are the years. Those are the years when he was getting locked up by Joe Ingles. Those are the years. Why are we playing this game? If we look at the context, I'm not blaming Russell nothing. Ingles was probably just talking shit the entire series. And you can play defense. For, I'm, I'm just talking shit. No, Look, don't listen to me. That man do a. He got a 30 point triple double. He gonna show up. He gonna show up every night. He might shoot the ball 57 times. But he, which needs he to talk, show up. Which like if you get a better coach, might be able to convince him to like not do that or at least take smarter ones. Come on, bro. He had he had Billy Donovan, and he has had Scott Brooks, and then the one year where I think they might have got out the uh, first round when he was with the Rockets, he got Dan Tony. And we know all three of them aren't exactly elite level coaches. In fairness, I think D'Antoni is good. I just don't like his system. And that's what caps him from being an elite level coach. Like you, you're running the same exact system. You need a team of racehorses for this to work. And then you had him coupled with Daryl Morey, where it's like just shoot the three. And we all know statistically that falls short. Like it's um yeah, it's just it's variance is too high. Like for you not to be able to, we have. Taking Russell Westbrook and going through like half the league at this point, it feels this is very strange. I can write a dissertation, but I can't blame I mean, Russell. What I'm saying is, this man went to the Rockets because they said you're gonna be better than Chris Paul for this team, and they all of a sudden they got worse. Well, like, like look, they did. Like, like I, I don't think it's an, argu- it's an argument that like you're gonna be better for this team, Chris Paul. He goes there, over like, James Harden and uh, Westbrook, and Westbrook once the, they. Westbrook with James Harden is a duo. Is a duo that's ridiculous. Numbers wise, stats wise, that's a duo that's ridiculous. James Harden's done. James Harden's gone deep into the playoffs with many teams. He's been to the Western. He's been to the Western Conference Finals with with the Rockets. Right. He's gonna get a championship this year, even if he's not playing. He's gonna get one. Right. James Harden did incredible things. He just happened to run to a dynasty. Like, almost every time, he get put out by the Golden State Warriors 
when he was going to, uh, uh, when he was uh, with the Rockets, right? Like, if you know they, you talk Jazz in a dynasty. Like if if OKC won their series against Golden State, right when they had taken them like all the way and whatever, we're uh-huh. probably not having this conversation. And like a lot of conversations that we have had are probably completely different because KD's probably still in Oklahoma City. And Westbrook is probably not viewed as an empty stats guy because, like, the best teammate he ever had decided to, like, dip to get a ring to, like, solidify his whatever. That's a whole separate thing. But, like, it's just, like, there are things that can happen that will keep you – that can because one player is just an individual dude, right, it's entirely possible that, like, if, like, we start going through, like, major players throughout – you know, history and actually looking at, like, what happened and went on, like, because, like, Chris Paul has never been particularly deep in the playoffs either, and, like, nobody's going to argue that he can't win, right, that he doesn't, that he doesn't turn teams, like, that he doesn't make teams better. You're a scrub, you're a scrub, you look. <laughs> I, I, I have made that argument for years, but, uh. Very, you're one of the few people who would attempt to make the argument. Oh, I, like, I, it's, one of, it's like, he goes to teams and, like, he's, they get better, right, and, like, a lot of that is very much the ability to, you know, run the floor and orchestrate the offense in a particular way. And if you want to make the argument that, like, Westbrook doesn't have that, that's fair. But, like, the only two dudes in the league that really have that are Chris Paul and Rondo. And, like... LeBron James? Yeah. You can make... Um, okay, okay, I'm thinking point guards in particular. But you're not wrong. You're not really... LeBron. Oh, <laughs> in an entirely separate category. Like, it's... LeBron... Prior to this year, it was basically a guaranteed, like, finals visit. Right? So, like, I'm not really – like, LeBron is, is a separate part of the conversation entirely. But, like, you aren't wrong. Um, but, okay, like, three dudes, right? Three dudes in the entire league who can, like – you can put them on a team, and the entire team just gets more dangerous by the fact that they exist. So, like, I don't know. It's at the end of the day, we're, we're of course still going to have our various opinions on this. And I'm not saying if you want to make the argument like West, how Westbrook plays doesn't contribute in some way to his, to his stuff, that's probably fair, right? Because, you know, he's the common denominator in a lot of his stuff. Not the only one, right? We went through a number of them. But, like, he's not the only reason why. I, I'd argue... Uh, when uh, he played for James Harden, or when they played for the Rockets, he should he might as well play for James Harden. Uh, I'd argue that <laughs> if you watch that series, Russell Westbrook's one of the reasons they one of the Russell Westbrook's one of the reasons they lost. If you yeah. watch that series, like he had no he was had no explosion. He was getting blocked to the rim every time. He couldn't make a three. He was like shooting like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was that's that's part yeah post COVID like he, he was shooting not 100 percent. What? Say one more time? Like he just he wasn't hundred percent. Which if he I'm like he's still like that doesn't change the fact that he's part of the like a big reason why they lost. That's fine, just, but he was shooting like twenty some percent from the three point line. That boy can't shoot. He's never, never, never been that bad though. Alan, you remember you like you like you were OKC fan. You remember watching these games. He never shot that bad to where you go, yeah, that not going in. And then like like before he shot the ball. Like, if we want to talk mid-range pull-ups, yes, that is com- that is a completely different look than what we had 
in the playoffs. I ain't never seen him shoot that bad. Now, if we want to talk about three-point percentage, look, the only reason why he ever shot 30% from three is because he didn't take a lot of them. I don't trust Russ shooting a three-pointer, to be honest with you. Every every time I used to see him run up the court and it's like a late-second opportunity, he pull up a three, I'm like, mm, I hope it goes in, but I know what it is. Like, that's just that's not his game. I'll never be mad at I will never be at a mad at a fish because he can't fly. Now, if you want to talk about finishing at the rim and that mid-range pull-up. I'll cook him. I'll cook him on that series. But he got the COVID thing to fall back on. Every, every time we have an excuse for Russ, there. Every time there's an issue with Russ, there is a clear-cut excuse of why it looks the way it is, and it's like super obvious. Is if you watch closely, like every single time, it is like mm, if you look at that, that explains a lot of things. And people tend to write that off, and it's like. Pay pay attention a little bit. This is the context is right there. Listen, what well, all I'm saying is I'm gonna need Russell Westbrook to do something in the future oh, because some guys, some guys. Like, here, like I'm not gonna pretend like it's not. I was just saying, you know, I'll yeah. be cuss out reporters and racist kids, and I'll be very happy. <laughs> I'm That's like, awful. no, because for a guy whose stats are that good, I want him to do. I want him to do something. You know what I mean? Like. He went to the finals once with uh, James Harden, okay, and uh, James Harden and uh, KD, and both of those dudes have done significantly better in terms of win than him. And I'm just, or since since that I, moment, we know why KD did better. We know why KD, we know why KD did better, but even James Harden did better. So James Harden got no rings on his finger either. And James was- Harden was taking the Dynasty Warriors. With that trash team and that trash system, it's like six, seven games. That's cool. That's okay. That's but not like, winning. When, but like, <coughs> they, but like, when when he had KD, they did the same thing, right? I'm not saying it's not a, it's not a feat worth mentioning. It's just like it's so not necessarily unique to Harden. Yeah. Hey, look, if we gonna pull out the dynasty card, we can pull the dynasty card out for a lot of people. Yeah, because that Warriors team smacked a lot of people. I don't think we can, but, but I don't think we can do it with as much validity as uh, James Harden because James Harden, if he if he beats them and whatever, that one game where they missed all those threes in the second half, the fourth quarter whatever it was against the Warriors, and they win where they were up at half time, where they're up at halftime, but they missed like you remember that game? They missed like yeah, like, a, like that, it was some some yeah. stupid number. Missing a row, right? If they win that game, they win the NBA championship. But you can like, say that about again a lot of people. Like if if they won this game, they probably win the championship. If this if the ball bounced a little bit differently, they'd have won the game. If like the ref hadn't blown that particular call, they might have won the game. And it's just that's it, that might be true, but like we don't know that for real. And like it's we get we start to get into things that are a bit beyond players or even coaches' control. Yeah. And if we want to be petty, LeBron would have six rings if it weren't for the Warriors. So, uh, guess yeah. what? You're right. I'm not going to say that's wrong. <laughs> correct. He would. We do it. <laughs> he would. That Warriors team is an all-time great team. 
So yeah. anybody that like loses to them that had like even a significant chance, I'm not talking about getting sweeped or swept. I'm not talking about getting a uh, five games. You know what I mean? Off of like a you know a sympathy uh, sweep. I'm talking about people who had like legitimate chances. Those Rockets teams had legitimate chances, and LeBron's teams had legitimate chances. So like those two are a different category. If you were here in the first round against swept by them, yeah, you would have beat them. But you weren't going to beat them. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. It wasn't that uh, close, to, to say the least. But you say talking about. We can talk about this game quick. Uh, we got. I'm, I'm like, can we move on to like a different? Because yeah. the thing is, at this point, we talk more about Westbrook and his and, and like the perception and potential realities of him as a player and like as a, his career than we have the actual game that we we're, we're initially talking about at this point. Yeah. I guess we only got one more team to talk about in the, uh, the playoffs. That 3-6 three, three, matchup. And when are y'all going to have to tell me what that is? Because... Um, wait, in the East? Yeah, out East. Okay. 3-6 matchup. Because I can't think of it right now. Not offhand. Um, dang. Y'all... The, the New York... It's like when you said when you when you no that that wasn't the three six yeah that was the four five. Hey, wait, goddamn it! <laughs> when you said three six, I mean, was you, I, I, my mind immediately went. Wait, no, Lakers were seven. It was Brooklyn. At least you could say it was three six mafia. That'd have been hilarious. That would, but like that's that also like at that point I just have to like get up and leave. Like I can't come back after saying three six mafia. Oh, like I, I mean the, that was actually the Bucks and Heat. So I think we've covered. We did cover that one. Yeah. So. Let's go out west then. Okay. Talk about your bum ass Grizzlies. <laughs> we gotta. We have to. Yeah, it'd be quick. Jaw's really good at basketball. Uh, that Dylan Brooks. D- mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Brooks. He cool. He, he, he can go. He's questionable. But I think that that is, as a role player that can get a bucket, that is a dude that's you're going to have to pay a lot of money. Then, that's that's probably going to be eighty million I mean, on your next contract. Like it sounds like my limited understanding is like the, they've already tried to work the, the yeah. details of this next you contract out. Yeah, you the, you, you know, missed one one game because Donald Mitchell didn't play. Yeah, hmm. but I mean that's that's that sums up the series. I mean, Memphis played Memphis won one game because Donald Mitchell didn't play. As soon as he came back, I mean, like the one won player, like it's basketball. One player can like significantly affect these things. I know, but I mean, I feel like the I feel like the series is that simple though for some reason. I mean, the thing is, it kind of is, and the thing is, honestly, I was surprised they got that game. Not because like I don't think that Jaws Cole or like Brooks can't play, but just like the the Jazz as a unit are like a deeper team. Like they got more dudes you can consistently rely on at this stage and in everybody's respective careers, right? And so, and like I feel like. As far as like the Conley Moran matchup is like obviously Jaw's gonna get buckets, but it's also just like he's inexperienced and like Conley can kind of abuse him and like you can look at a lot of the numbers that Conley put up. It's kind of not that it was a one-sided matchup, but it's just like Conley clearly kind of did whatever he wanted. In fairness, it was functionally a, like he was functionally playing all home games, all series, but like it's still just like. You, he put up like what was that? One game put like twenty five and fifteen, and it's just like what the fuck? 
In fairness, I also think that Conley plays his best basketball in, in the playoffs. Yeah. And I felt this way for a long time. So, like, it kind of tracks that this, the most dangerous version of Conley will do ridiculous things compared to what you're used to. But it's still just like, really? <laughs> like, I feel like I didn't learn anything from that Jazz series that I didn't kind of already know. Like, Donovan Mitchell has expanded his offensive game, like, to the, to the point where I think you would like him now. Like, his ability to create his own shot, he's just not, like, running with it. Like, like he, you, he got, you do know I watched those games, right? Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally think he, he's taking steps. Like, this this isn't, like, bubble Donovan, but clearly what he was showing in the bubble is not, like, that's not fake. Like, he, he can go. Um, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. Uh... Jordan Clarkson, I know you used to have some issues with his game. I, I like his game now. It's like super tailored for a team that doesn't have a lot of dudes that can go get their own bucket. He just a uh, he just uh, I'm a push shots a player. Like I mean, that's what they need. So like, like, like to have that coming off of it. And I look, I am not a huge fan. Like I get that's like your role. That's what you're supposed to do as a six man coming off, whatever. Uh, that's, that's what his team needs him to do. That's just not my favorite style of basketball. You know what I mean? I'm not a, yeah. like, I don't love, like, if I wanted to watch that, like, uh, my favorite player, whoever did that, was Jamal Crawford, right? Am I a big Jamal Crawford fan, though? No, not really. I'm not a big Lou Will fan. a lot of fun to watch, too. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not a big Lou Will fan, right? Uh, now, I know it's what the teams want to do in the other side game, but I, I'm, that's not my favorite game to watch. Okay. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, he got six million a year, so putting him to do something right, you know what I mean? So yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about a series that you know, for some of the people on this podcast, may be a tad bit devastating. For others, oh. it makes me happy. Let's talk about the Suns and the Lakers. Ooh, and, uh, I got this. Ooh. Listen. Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is not a top five player in the NBA. He's not. Because he, 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 he can't help you. That's his issue. is soft. <laughs> Listen, as soon as Aiton ate him alive that first game, I knew it was a wrap. I knew it was a wrap. Because Anthony Davis, the way Aiton played was too consistent of like a, a way of playing. Like, he was shooting so close inside and do these kind of things and dunking that that's going to translate to every game. This rebounding effort is going to translate to every game. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was shooting way too many threes on this man. So I was like, what's going on? And this is before he even got hurt. So as soon as he got hurt, I'm like, oh, it was a wrap. You know what I mean? Uh, because he is frail. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as Charles Brunk go. Somebody needs to, you know, see what his workouts are on the offseason. I don't know about all that nutritional stuff. All I know is you're getting hurt way too much. And if you get hurt that much, you're not for me. I don't even know. No, do you know anybody whose favorite favorite player is Anthony Davis? I hope not. I don't know anybody who's I heard no I heard, heard no one say, ooh, yeah, you know what favorite player is? Anthony Davis. No, no, it ain't a thing. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, no one That's- likes him. <laughs> it's like it's a they got worked. Chris Paul did his thing. Mm-hmm. LeBron's getting older, and it was obvious. Like, it was I, obvious. I like, 
healthy for the series? I know they said like they, they sent him out a lot after like he got that injury or whatever. Ish. He was Ish. healthy enough to play, but like he was still like hobbled or whatever. He's Thirty six. You know what I mean? So like even two years ago, LeBron would have cooked. All right, LeBron, as you by yourself, we need you to put up some work. He's not doing that no more. And you don't even want to do it no more because he's so big and he's getting older. He's gonna he's gonna get hurt. If he yeah. plays LeBron James at this moment's career should not be driving to the rim and trying to dunk or bang out on anybody. He should be driving and kicking. Because I was, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. When Jake Crowder grabbed him by his shoulders four years ago, three years ago, LeBron breaking off of that and dunking on him. Yeah. LeBron can't do that no more because he tried to say it was a flagrant. That's called a hard foul. But we're so used to seeing LeBron be some otherworldly athlete that we've never seen before that we've never seen a hard foul just look, look like a hard foul on him. So with all these kind of elements combining, it was just... Unless something drastic happens, like, I mean, drastic. There's too many other good teams. LeBron James and I might, might not win another ring. Yeah. Like, something drastic has to happen. I mean, like, a drastic trade. I mean, something like that, right? I'm not talking about injuries or whatsoever. Just a drastic trade, you know, something that's, like, shifting in terms of the league, right? But, but he he won't want to ring anymore if this trend continues and the fact he's getting older, the trend's going to continue. Look, I agree with you 100%. And I truly think it's about time for LeBron to change his game. It is not my place to tell the GOAT how to play basketball. But I would love to see him go ahead and put that 280 back on and just operate out of, like, the elbow. Like, you're already the, one of the best passers the game has ever seen. Go ahead and get him, like, two or three more shooters, maybe somebody else, and just facilitate and then occasionally just take that like 15 foot drive to the rim because nobody's going to stop you. Nobody's going to be dumb enough or like physical enough to actually be able to mess with LeBron with like a little bit of a head of steam. Like he doesn't need to be like out on the perimeter like that anymore. So what y'all made me think about is how like basically this year and last year he's basically been a point guard which is different and that's different than how, like, a lot of other players, like, adapted their games in this age. Not that it's, like, it was a bad decision necessarily on his part to play point guard. It's because, like, it makes, it makes sense. But, like, um, the thing is, like, usually as players get older, like, they'll move down a position, right? They'll move to a position where, you, like we mentioned, they don't have to move quite as much. Where they can, where you can, like, put, you know, be, you know, bigger and stronger and don't have to... Again, run all around the goddamn perimeter. Um, and that would actually be an interesting LeBron to see, for real. Um, but I don't know. Like, even if he doesn't get another ring, it's still just kind of like... I mean, like, there'll be folks because, like, there are just folks for some reason. It's like, oh, yeah, LeBron, he, not only is he washed, but he was always trashed to begin with, and he's not my goat. And, like, there, there are people that just say... Not my goat people Shit. are the not my goat people are the lamest people ever. Like right. that's so that's such a I hate that. That's like everybody over thirty. He is. Granted, I think if you have like 
the top three people ever, or the top three, four players ever, that they're all interchangeable because all their teams generally ask them to do different things. So you can't say, like, if we've all seen great passes from Michael Jordan, we've all seen great passes from Kobe, but their teams weren't tailor-made for them to pass the ball like that, so they needed to score a lot more. And LeBron James needed to score a lot more, he would just score a lot more and win passes much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, so like I don't, I think they're all interchangeable. There's like that's, that's a ridiculous conversation to have, but that's also a strong, uh, a strong side note for what we're talking about now. But yeah, it's a wrap for LeBron though. But he had a, but he's gonna like LeBron statues at this point though. It's not about rings anymore. He's yeah. gonna pass Kareem the next two three years uh, for the all time leading score in the league. Uh, you know he might do some other like meniscal, uh, you know jumps when it comes to like these other stats right uh but you know he's over here he's just trying to do the the, the point thing i think um which is gonna pass unless he gets hurt but you know before five months ago i'm like lebron hurt <laughs> what are you talking about but now i'm like this man's getting older and he's obviously becoming human and <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of people out here who are ready to take the you're gonna have a lot of people out here and i mean not not people like like us, I mean, like people in the league, other players who are like, "Ooh, LeBron coming down to earth." It's my time to shine on this man. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I'm not a huge LeBron. I'm, I'm not like one of these like, "Oh, LeBron's my favorite player ever." Per people, but I like LeBron. But I kind of can't wait to see that happen too. And it's not again. It's not because of some weird vendetta I have against LeBron. I just want to see people go ham <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i just want to see people go in and you're gonna have a lot of drink you have a lot of jay crowders out here wild and it look and at the position he plays there's a lot of cold dudes like jason tatum already kind of dunked on lebron once it's going to yeah, be two years ago he's uh what luka Doncic. is somebody mm-hmm. he's going to have to guard and luka's going crazy like he's stepping to the like elite shot creator role like like, it's, it's just going to be real fun to see him. But to close out this series, uh, at the beginning of the year, we talked about um, who we think is going to win the championship. Uh-huh. And I'm full. I'm going full in on this, and I don't care about being wrong whatsoever. I predict that the Suns are going to win this championship. Oh, that's a bold one. I predict the Suns are going to win this championship strictly because I want Chris Paul to win a championship and as long as a team has a big man who can be somewhat dominant, I am super afraid for the Nets. I'm not going to lie to you. I am super I agree. afraid for the Nets. I think the Suns are going to come out the West. Yeah, I think the Suns are going to come out the West. But I think they're going to have a tough time oh, yeah. with whoever comes out the East. Like, yeah. the Nets... Like, James Harden's game to game, game to game. If James, James Harden walked off the court, he's game to game, whatever, right? He's not, the Nets are going to win enough for him to come back eventually. Yeah. Philly, after yesterday's game, kind of, or towards the end of the game, kind of figured it out. Like, they figured out, like, defensively how to get the Hawks. So I think, so I think we're going to see a completely different uh, Philadelphia uh, team against the Hawks going forward. Yeah. Also, Ben Simmons was guarding Trey Young for a little bit, and he was locking him down. Save that for later, big dog. We're going to around two in a minute. Love that.
Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, because I'm excited too. Because because I saw a lot from that. Oh yeah, the Nuggets Trailblazer series. Yeah, the Nuggets Trailblazer series. They, they play tonight. Oh wait, no, no my bad. That's, I meant the, the Nuggets play tonight. All right. So how much did y'all watch of this? Because I caught about like four games. I missed the Dane game because they wanted to put this on NBA TV. Like this isn't like the MVP versus Damian Lillard. Like we all know that Dane can go crazy. I I missed. I the only game I missed. Was a fifty-five game point game, game, and that's the one we wanted to see. That's the one everybody wants to see. That's like, the one I missed. The scheduling. I think they had like a bum team. You know how like, sick I was. I was, I was like, you know, okay, whatever, gonna do a thing. Next day I woke up. I was like, this is. I missed this. Like I was so sick, bro. I'm gonna lie to you. I was dumb. Like I didn't even want to watch the highlights. Like it's it's nice to see, but it's like it's not the same. Right? And Dame is making, like, ridiculous shots. I'm talking about, like, step-back, turnaround threes. At the Dude, it was, like, he's just doing stuff. Like, somebody took the 2K controller and was just, like, pushing buttons. And it's just, like, like fade-away three-pointers. And it's just, it's automatic. Like, if I may, though, and granted, like, it doesn't take away from how, you know, great the performance is. But, like, if you've got to do that to give your team a chance to win... Like, it's not a recipe for a six. Like, if you have to do it. Not that, not whether or not you can, but, like, if you have to do that or, or something close to that game in and game out in order for your team to have a chance to success, it's not. That's not. Like, you're not going to do well. Yeah, and that's exactly why we saw Terry Stotts when we went to the Monuments here in D.C. Terry Stotts was, like, sitting on the bench eating, like, a sandwich down here, bro. It was really weird. Like, he just got fired and he already out here. I mean, it's not like he's got anything else to do. So much on us? I mean... It wasn't Terry Stotts. Like, it was a dude that looked like joke. Terry Stotts. Yeah. Uh, I was like, kind of crazy, actually. <laughs> I was like, hold on. That's funny. If we saw the actual one, we'd probably have to annoy him. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, we, we want to answer yeah. the question. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he wouldn't make adjustments during the interview. So I don't know if I would ask him any questions. <laughs> he might just give me the same answer over and over and over again for the next nine years. Dang, Alan, relax. You over here. I know. You know how I feel about Terry Stotts. I've been talking about Terry Stotts like this for like almost two years now. That's not a like he doesn't he doesn't do anything to make his teams better. It's like a, a, a Scott Brooks level where it's just like go play, and it's like hey, no, like like and I, and I know it's not completely your fault because they don't really have like a good roster. Like like when Covington is. When Covington is like one of your top five scores, you, you oh, probably okay. I, I, I thought he was like I'm top top five scores. I don't know like top yeah. five players. Like, 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 oh, okay. But like you're probably lost. And I I'd like Norman Powell. Norman Powell showed a lot. Like it's just why is it's just not it's not good basketball. They rely on like one on one matchups. Like CJ's amazing. But CJ is a one-on-one player, and that's that's great until it's not. And, like, you got three of those now, but this is still a five-on-five game. And y'all can't do nothing to stop a big man. Somebody on the wing is going to eat you alive because y'all can't play okay. no defense. All right, real quick. Um, so, because I asked Alan this already, but, like, I thought Nurkic was supposed to be good. I guess he not. No. Uh, well, he's what they needed. Uh, I wouldn't say he was supposed to be good, though. He was supposed to be uh, above average. 
but each year, the same issues come about to where he's like a above average, slightly above average, I have to say, player until the fourth quarter comes, and then he gets drastically tired. And he just can't go up and down the court very well. Uh, but he's also kind of injury prone. So, uh, you know, uh, his, but his stock has lowered quite a bit, uh, would that be the case? But his stock was, his stock was high when CJ and Dane just needed like a average to a little above average big man to like succeed. But now they need a lot more. You know what I mean? Uh, also Dane's gone. So, you know, his, or Dane will, will be gone from Portland Trailblazers, but. Think so? I hope so. Uh, I really, 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 like, Dame Lillard is, like, a top three player that I like to watch in the NBA. Top three player to me in the NBA. Top two, probably. And I just want him to succeed. And I don't know what Portland can do at this point to make that happen. So I hope he goes. Trade him. That's what they can do. They can trade him. But I don't even well, – the thing is – Only to the Lakers. That's the – and I don't know how that's going to work. Like, that is the only situation where I feel like he can work right out of my mouth. If he goes to the Lakers, now I'm sick. Now, granted, it, he would have nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? But, like, not the Lakers. <laughs> like, I do not want to root for the Lakers. Like, I just don't. Like, it has nothing to do with their current roster at all. It's Laker fans. I want to. I want to be in cahoots with them. Like I don't want to. I don't want to rah rah with them. They fans are so trash. I want to be a Lakers fan. I want to be a Patriots fan. I don't want to be a Yankees fan. Like they're all the same dumb fan faces to me, and I'm good. So he he can go anywhere. He can go to Charlotte. That's it. That's a really fun team now. Uh, he could go to anywhere else. I would say, uh, and I w- I wouldn't care as long as it wasn't the Lakers. You know, mess around and go to uh, New Orleans. Honestly, I, have, hate, I would not hate that. Actually, I mean, it, it it would actually not be that bad of an idea if, if you're Portland, if you're New Orleans. What you have to give up, like it's it it it, it gets it becomes a worse idea. Not because not because Dame isn't good enough, but like and something I've been I was thinking about as y'all were talking was just like if if you're like a GM or whatever, trying to put together a roster for real, having a player on the Supermax gets in the way of that severely. Just because they're taking up, what, a third? Yeah. Like, right around a third of, of the ro- like of, of the cap space. Right? And, of course, the players, like, even players that are good enough to deserve, like, in most cases, rightfully so, a Supermax deal, still need teammates to play with. And, like, if you have to fill the rest of the roster with G-leaguers, it's not going to cut it. Um, and so, like, I you can make the reasonable argument that, like, as I'm thinking now, that, like, Dame having this, a Supermax contract gets in the way of his ability to win a chip. Yeah. And I will, I would never look down on somebody who takes that amount of money because I understand what that means. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's life changing. I don't because I can't even comprehend that kind of money. Look, and I, look, I can't. It was also a really dumb contract. It was really dumb for him to stay. Like I could have told you what was going to happen a year or two ago, dog. I don't. I don't know why you did this. They didn't have. I don't know if they just can't attract a free agent, but they have some of the worst signings. Like, like how in the world do you let 
your only two defensive wings go for free. Like, you couldn't get one of them? You didn't try. I don't... I don't... I can't answer that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but all I know is they lost. They're out. Uh, the Nuggets uh, are moving on. And... Michael Porter Jr. Listen, <laughs> I love it. Michael Porter Jr. Nasty. That first quarter he had in that elimination game was stupid. Like I, that was one of the that was one of the best first quarters I've seen. Yeah. I was like, this is, uh, they not trying to lose. <laughs> like, oh, that was nuts, man. Hey, he was playing. That was that was the most twenty-two-year-old pickup game type basketball I've ever seen because he went crazy in that first quarter and then the rest of the game he just thought he only needed to shoot threes it's like dog you miss five in a row do something else after the first two misses like okay I'll just drive what is it the first quarter he had like 20 something yeah like he had like 26 the second quarter he had zero or like one point something like that in the next two and then like the third quarter he had like Two points or something like that. Like the drop off was significant, but that first quarter was different. Right, uh, I was about to go crazy. I was like, "Come on, man, you got me out here shooting tweets off." I was like, "This is my right. Porter J game." You just, I will, just, say, this. Just, I will say this: barring injury, barring injury, next year the Nuggets should be a favorite to win in the West. Oh yeah, with Murray coming back and Michael Porter Jr. because Michael Porter Jr. needed Murray to be gone for him to take the step. Like it's, it's unfortunate that you know in the way it happened uh, with the injury to Murray, but Dude stepped up to a different degree. And next year, shoot, I, don't, I might have to be a Nuggets fan for a second. <laughs> a lot of you, I'm about to be a Nuggets. I, fan. I've, I've kind of been for for a little minute now, if I'm honest. I don't like. I don't. I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of liking uh, teams who. Uh, uh, white guys are the other best players, but it's just like I like their coach and like I kind of like the players. Like I like how um, Joe plays basketball, even though like he's not like I like traditional centers and he's not quite that even like at all. I don't know what that boy is, That's... but um, but it's just like I I kind of like the general like what's the term the the personality of the team, yeah. right? And I but like I will say like I feel like ultimately the biggest. Michael Porter Jr., again, assuming he stays healthy, his biggest hurdle to becoming a future Hall of Famer is, will probably be his ego. You talk about Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah. Look, I don't, you know, normally there's like, because of the rookie scale deal, you technically get them for like seven years. Mm-hmm. That's one of the only dudes that are in that situation where I'm like, I don't know if you're going to have him that long. I really, I really don't know. He seemed like a type of dude that's gonna be like, you know who I am, right? Like, yeah, like even the yoke, cause you like, you nice, but do you know who I am? I like, don't understand. Like, what? he seems to have a decent relationship with with Jokey. but like the the thing is, like, he's clearly a he's a very confident, bordering on arrogant young man, and like, dessert, like rightly so in a lot of ways, right? When you watch him play, and like, he clearly cares about playing the whole games. Like, you're not that worried about him getting to the point where, like, he's a good defender and he's gotten better this year, um, especially compared to, like, when he, like, when he first started yeah. playing in the league for real. Um, and, like, he's just – and he should just keep getting better again, barring injuries, which have ruined a lot of careers. 
right? So, you know, knock on wood and all that. And man, my, my man had a broken back, a messed up hip when he got drafted. I don't think nothing's going to sl- slow that man down. Bro. But, like, that's <laughs> why I say, like, his ego, right? It's like, because, like, he feels that he should be the guy. And that's not that's not necessarily wrong, right? No. But, like, it's also, like, I feel like it it causes him to, like, because, like, he's kind of aware of how good he is or how good he will probably be. But, like, he will settle for shots he shouldn't settle for, um, take hard shots he doesn't need to take. He will, like, he he will, like, he, his confidence will lead him to, like, take shots away from teammates, if like, if the coach isn't careful, I feel like. Because, like, he's just like, I'm the guy, like, I need to be taking shots. And, like, the reality is, like, you are the guy. You don't need to be taking shots. You don't need to be taking all the shots. You're not going to win that way. See, the bad thing is I like Michael Porter Jr. I like Murray. Oh, yeah. And, like, the only thing that's, like, I'm hesitant on with this team, it has nothing even to do with the team, which is unfortunate because it happens to me a lot. It's – I really like Joel Embiid. And people always put Joel Embiid up against Jokic. It's like the best center. Who is who is the, who is the best in the NBA? And essentially, like their stats are like similar. Like where where another person is higher, the other person's higher in a different category. You know what I mean? So like essentially evens out at the end of the day. But people talk about Jokic like he's like that much better than Embiid. Uh, and I'm just like it's not true. You know what I mean? So like my my love for Embiid takes away from, like, my liking of Jokic, but I like his teammates so much that, like, it kind of raises the stock of that team in general, though. So it's whole, uh, I have a weird dynamic with the Nuggets right now. Understandable. Yeah, but and I think one of the things with, like, the perception of Embiid is, like, this perception that, like, a good post player is somehow less skilled than, like, a dude who can just chuck threes, which, like, I disagree with, even if, like, we can be like, oh, the numbers say, and, like, that's fair. And, like, it's fair to want to optimize how your team plays to, like, maximize the chance of winning based on the numbers and whatnot. But, like, part of the benefit of Embiid, right, is that, like, dudes don't play in the post for real. And one of the benefits of that if you're Embiid is, like, dudes don't defend in the post for real. So, like, there aren't that many good post defenders. There aren't that many dudes who can, like, have any realistic hope of, like, slowing Embiid down one-on-one. Like they have to send help, and like when you send help, he's he can like he can get the pass out there, and then it's just like whether or not his teammate hits the shot. We're gonna talk more about that in the next series, because I think the Hawks are really the only squads that can throw multiple bodies who can actually defend in the post against Yo- uh not Yogi, but Embiid. Uh, Embiid was cooking them fools. He, he, he was cooking. But he's supposed to. He he's a star, so we we know he's gonna get his forty. Like, it wasn't, it, even, but it wasn't even like a difficult cook though. Like he was, he, he was. It was, was it? Chicken easy put back. It was barbecue. Had an easy bucket. He put a crazy move on Capella. They went around and dunked it. All the, the start in the second half. I was like, my god, my god. I'll give y'all that. But uh, to finish up. Yeah, we get, we got to finish this one up because we haven't yeah. even talked about the best playoff series. Look, you know how we've been talking about the Nuggets for like 10 minutes? We ain't even talked about Jokic for real. Yeah, Jokic has been going crazy. Oh, it's just like the, their game is kind of predicated on the fact of like how good of a passer 
Jokic in particular, like how good of a passer he is. He's so good of a scorer too. Oh, like yeah, like, like that part of the game has expanded a lot in the last two years. And right? it's so funky. I almost hate watching him play. It's, it's the beauty of it is like it doesn't matter that it's ugly. It's wildly effective. Yeah, I don't understand why his touch is so soft. Like I think it's because his body gummy. Like you know, if you if you watch it, he kind of built like a uh, he kind of built like a gummy bear. Even after losing the weight, that's just he, that's a gummy. Built like bullshit. a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> he, I call he, that man. Sorry. He, he go. Yeah. He got all the skills in the world. It's just a really funky game that I do not think anyone's really going to figure out what to do. Because if you try to stop him as a scorer, he can. Uh, that's the benefit of like being good at different things. Like, all right, maybe I'm not scoring today, like, but like my teammate is. Or like I'm just gonna get twenty rebounds unless you're Rodman, in which case you just you decide fuck scoring. I'm just gonna rebound for my entire career. But you know exactly like this. It's gonna be really fun to see them play. I can't wait for the Suns and uh, the Jokic's <laughs> to play in the Western Conference Finals. That's that's my uh, pick. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the best series. In the entire NBA, Clippers Mavs, Clippers Mavs. Damn, they might. It's just like it's like I knew where you were going because it's just like it was, the, it was the only game. It was the only series of the game seven. Bryce. Yeah, I'm really glad Luca lost. Uh, <laughs> like I am. Like I, I'm tired of them. Uh, like I just am. Uh, like we've talked about this before. Luka Doncic is a liability on defense. He just looks like he works hard. Uh, like, he looks like he's working hard. So, the announcers will go, man, he's looking like he's working hard, but, like, the numbers don't lie. Like, in terms of this, he's, a, he's, a, he's like a liability defense. Uh, but, like, he's James Harden, except they talk about James Harden as, like, all, as like a really good scorer. But they talk about they talk about James Harden as a really good offensive player, but they talk about Luka Doncic as, as a really good player. They don't, they don't put any kind of... Uh, they don't, they don't get more specific than that. And that kind of bugs me a lot. Uh, you know, that's just me personally. Uh, that's why I want James Harden to get this ring this year. So he can finally, sorry, sorry, they can finally just, like, relax with that man. But, uh, yeah, Kawhi is also, like, my favorite player in the NBA at the moment. He has been for the last couple of years. Um, Kawhi said, we not losing, and they didn't. Uh, like, like that's literally what happened in his mind. Like, we not losing. Then he went out there and did that game six, which was incredible like Kawhi's incredible like he gets to a spot he lifts he makes it goes down the court plays good defense like that's like what he does it doesn't get much more complex than that uh Kawhi said because like I was talking to somebody about yesterday if Kawhi Leonard loses this game it was the series uh he was a game yesterday and loses the series unnecessarily but Kawhi's legacy would be tampered with like it shouldn't be the case, but it would have been the case. Um, and, uh, you know, he probably knew that himself. So what did he do? He said, we're not losing. And they didn't lose. And it was crazy to watch. <laughs> I think what may be the funniest part about all of this is that Kawhi bamboozled everybody into thinking he was still injured. Because in game six and seven... He looked like nothing was wrong with him whatsoever. We're talking about moving fast the entire game, hitting every shot, just being ridiculous. It is like, 
I don't know what Rondo said to him. <laughs> and I don't know what he said back to Rondo. He probably didn't say anything. Like, he just he just looked at him and was like, you know I'm going to win, right? Like, but I like Rondo. And like he... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Rondo entertaining. Oh, by the way, the universe doesn't want us to have anything nice. So... The Nuggets and Suns play uh, the, the, in, in, the, in the second round. Yeah. So that means the Nugget, the Suns are definitely not going to win this championship because that's a really hard matchup. And somehow Chris Paul going to, like, fall on his butt and, like, tear something in his butt. Yeah, they play tonight. Yeah, I know. It's just – that's not what I wanted. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like, this. That's both in fairness, though, right? The way these things are set up, at some point we're gonna look at, we're gonna find, they're gonna start getting matchups that like, we're like, I actually like both these teams. This isn't fair. Damn. But it's just, it's just how, it, it's just how it works. I can't have nothing. But uh, yeah, is that all we got on the on those two bums? I mean, not those two bums <laughs> for the the four five matchup. Um, I mean, pretty much like Reggie Jackson's a good basketball player. Again? Yeah, you know, he had like two, three games where he was just going crazy. Yeah, I like his game. I'm like, it all. I, granted, I have not paid that much attention to him since he left OKC, but like, I don't think he doesn't have, I, I think the kind of game he has is the kind you wouldn't particularly care for. No, I don't. Uh, since he was a, <laughs> uh, like from the jump from like Detroit, because OKC was a backup point guard mm-hmm. in Detroit, they, like, they paid him like he wasn't a backup point guard, and I hated that. And then they, uh, then he he left and went other places since then. But like, he cool. But like, I'm not a fan of Reggie Jackson. You know, <laughs> you know, just not. Uh, I like a lot of their players, right? They got. I'm fan, I'm a fan of uh, Marcus Morris. I'm a fan of Kawhi, and I'm a I'm fine with with Paul George. Uh, and you know, I like Rondo. So like you know it is what it is, but yeah. Okay. But let's go ahead and get into the game ones of round two. And the first one I want to talk about is the 76ers and the Hawks. I had to rewatch that game. Um I don't know. We we talked about this earlier in the pod. With the Hawks being so big, that negates all of, like, the 76ers. Like, their biggest thing was, like, we got, like, four dudes who are 6'10 that can really go. Like, their thing is size. And the Hawks negate all of that, and all of their boys run. I think that was the issue. Like, I don't think I don't think the Sixers thought the pace of play was going to be that crazy. Because them, them boys get out and fly. And they, they all got to go straight up. What did you say? At the beginning, they didn't know how, at the beginning, I would say like first two scores for sure. They didn't know how to guard Trey Young, like they just didn't. Like Trey Young, Trey Young has been acting kind of stupid uh, on the court lately. But like they didn't know how to guard him. But then towards the end of the game, when it started getting close, you saw they made adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we got you now. So that's why I think this whole series is completely different. And of course, yeah. you know the Hawks are gonna make adjustments to try and get Trey free because they can't have you blocking up Trey Young. Yeah. They're not gonna win that way. I know. At all, yeah. gonna, I, I think Trey Young is going to have some of the same issues that uh, that Dame has, where it's like it's not easy to game plan to stop Dame, mm-hmm. but if you can like make it really f- hard for him to even bring the ball up the court, like who else you scared of for real? 
I got scared of uh, Bogdan. Bogdanovich? Yeah, I can't pronounce that last name to save my life. Uh, I'm not really scared of him with, like, the ball in his hands. Yes, he is a really good shooter, but if you're telling me he's the one-on-one cooker, nah, baby, I'm not eating that. Also, he's also a liability on defense. It's like, he's pretty, it's fairly easy to, like, uh, because he was guarding, he was getting guarded by Ben Simmons a lot, and Ben Simmons was going on his neck towards the end of the game. Like, he was just like, oh, you, you guarding me? Let's, let's, let's eat. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, it's, it's, I just think they need to get these people in foul trouble, to the truth. Like, go at them. You know what I mean? But yeah. some of these things are built to go at people. So, like, they just, and also, like, you know, the you just need to, to have a little break. All of a sudden, they got into the rhythm again, and then the rhythm's going to translate over. Watch. Game two, I'm going to say it's going to be a blowout, but they're going to win decisively. Watch. Yeah. All right. Um, if that is our prediction, I don't I don't know if it's going to be that easy, bro. Oh, it won't be easy, but this, I said game two. It's going to be an adjustments game. So yeah. How, how, many, how many games do you think this series is going? Because I think it's at least six. I say six, six, going six games, 70, 76ers win the series. Yeah. I kind of want Trey Young to win. Anybody who talk crazy, I, I'm always going to root for them. If Trey Young win, then they got, they're going to do something crazy in Philadelphia, and I don't want Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to be broken up. True, true. And Daryl, oh boy, Daryl Morey there too. He going to push buttons. So, like, I'm not trying to uh, – no, Trey got to lose this one. Sorry, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the other round two game, Bucks nets which is, yeah. like, a really fun series to watch. Because two of the stars apparently actually don't like each other, which I just found out recently. And for another reason, I'm like, I don't usually pay attention. Yeah. And, like, you get hit – you throw the ball at my nuts real hard. I think – I, during a game where we're like millionaires, I think I probably wouldn't like you anymore either. Or was it his head? It doesn't matter. You you can't get either one of my heads and I'd be fine. But, That's you know, Harden is, what y'all say, day-to-day? Wow, that was crazy. Oh, man. Nah, man. Uh, Harden going out with that hamstring injury. How much do y'all think that changes the uh, the series? It, hold on. I, 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 I could argue that it makes the team better because three is too much. Oh, two. Like, literally. You, do you, oh, no. We only have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. You know what I mean? So I think, I think, but I think James Harden was gone enough that they know how to adjust with him gone. If Kevin, if James Harden would have got injured this game for the first time all season, I think she does everything. Yeah. But the fact that he had a little hamstring thing going on in the regular season and they kind of played without him, they know what the dynamic is. Also, Blake Griffin is working like this and getting double doubles uh, on a more on a regular regular basis. And then it also adds to it. You know what I mean? So we're just gonna see. <laughs> like I, I honestly think it does change up the you know, the series significantly just because of how good of a passer Harden is, right? And, like, because he's a good, such a good passer and, you know, of course, having other amazing scores makes it easy, like, makes it easier for you to score because they got to pay attention to people who aren't you. Um, but, like, without his facilitating, right, and, with, and without the, some of the gravity that he has, you can start focusing more on Harden and Kyrie, and that's not to say like they're still not going to get their numbers. They probably are, 
right? But, like, the rest of the team just... Like, you can... Eh. I'm like, I kind of feel like, in general, the only other dude... You, eh, it, it's going to depend on the game with some of it. Because, again, like y'all said, Griffin's been playing fairly well recently. And... Oh, he's Griffin airball at three. I he, okay, he said that, but... Um, <laughs> And um, Joe Harris, just saying. Like Joe Harris is just a is just a three point shooting machine. Like he just that's his only role. Like don't expect good defense. Don't expect <laughs> rebounding. Don't expect a facilitation. He's just gonna sit in the corner or somewhere until he gets open, and they're gonna pass it to him, and he's gonna make the shot. And like just, but like he's not an offensive threat by himself. Yeah. I just think that any team, like if it was just Ky- if it was Kyrie and anybody else, nah. But if it's Kyrie with J with no, just Harden, it's Kyrie with LeBron James or Kyrie with Kevin Durant. I think it's a little different because those two are different. You know what I mean? So I think they're gonna be fine. I think that's gonna. I got, I got the Nets winning the entire thing. So I think they're gonna be fine, and you know. Yeah. I'm gonna be real with you. I think the Bucks are gonna pull this out in seven, especially if uh, Harden doesn't return oh, to the series. Because yeah. um, watching all three of them on the court together, that is automatically three mismatches. If either one of them is in a pick and roll and they get a big man switched on them, that is that is cake. That is that is lunch meat. I think two of them. I don't really. I I think it's still cake and lunch meat when they do it, but that means we also gotta watch dudes like Mike James or like Bruce Brown or like we gotta hope Nicholas Claxton has a good game. We gotta have uh, with Blake Griffin having a good game. And that's not people I trust to have four good games. Like it's not like you start having to rely on people who, while they they're finding their roles, aren't super reliable as yeah. far as like what you would need out of them now. Yeah, because look, we get it that um, KD plus Kyrie equals buckets. They're, they're going to be averaging like between 50 and 60 points between the two of them together. The rest of the team got to score 80, and I trust Joe Harris to go get me 20. Everybody else, I'm praying for double digits consistently. And it's not like the Bucks lack for defenders, or at least size, at the bare minimum. Like, like my understanding is like they kind of reworked their defense relative like last year. Yeah. Like they, you know, like and so like they switch a lot more. They're also, you know, they're more switchable players. Yeah. So, and like that's that's going to matter because like they they're kind of just gonna have to. Yeah. But like, also like you don't. Most of the dudes that aren't KD and Kyrie without Harden aren't really scoring threats like that. Uh, again, outside of Harris, who is basically dependent on other people to create shots for him. Which there will be plenty of those opportunities with those two dudes on the floor, but when it's just one of them, like I don't, I don't really want to watch KD go one on one against Giannis. Actually, I kind of you tripping. Actually, I kind of do. Like, it's, no, no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about for, for seven games. If it's when it's just those two, they cancel each other out in the in the matter. Mm-hmm. Like and that and that's part of the issue. I don't I don't need you to cancel out. Like with Harden, that that's plus one. 
every single every single time all three of them on the floor, that's a plus one. Because you're gonna have two, you're gonna have at least two elite defenders when you get real high level. You're not gonna have three. That's <laughs> and, and that's it's, it's hard. And just it's, like it's hard to find one elite defender for real. Exactly. And we're looking at guys who have like elite defenses. Speaking of like really not really good defenders, but <laughs> defense. KD back on his shot blocking power prowess, where he getting like two three a game, and I like I like that. I, I like when he's doing that. You're right. I, do love, I love it when a seven putter plays hub hub defense. Come on. Yes. Guys. Yes, I do. What are you supposed to do? You're seven foot. Yes. Did you see that at o- in OKC? Did you it's see that? It's been years. Let it go, Allen. Let it go. It's been years. No, I'm just I'm just saying that is a that is a development, and when he's doing that, that's that helps out their defense because that's been a struggle for them. As far as I'm concerned, the entire year they don't have a rim protector, but if KD can play pseudo, I'll take that. Yeah, they I, need it. They need all the defensive help they can get. I get that. Yeah. Ah, we that's that was a strong 105 minutes, guys. Y'all got anything else that y'all want to mention? Um, um who the Jazz playing? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's funny. <laughs> like I, I, like I Jazz wanna... are playing the Clippers. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Is it? Yeah, yeah it is actually. The Clippers. Anytime like, Clippers play anybody, because you don't know what Clippers you're gonna see show up, that makes it fun. So the Clippers might. It can either be a really good game for the Clippers or a really like, not even a bad game, but just like a bad game from like uh, one person, Paul George. So like. Uh, <laughs> You'll never know. You know what I mean? So that's what makes it fun, the inconsistency. The Clippers should eat up because there's no real, like, elite wing defender on the Jazz. But with that being said, they're probably going to go bear. Like, they're probably you not going to get wanna, points at the rim. Well, you want to bet how many times Rudy Gobert gets dunked on this series? Three. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, wait, that's three. the over-under. Over-under yeah. three. Yeah, that's fair. I, but I take. I got the over. I really. Uh-huh. Actually, I think Why? I take the over too. Not so much because like I feel like Gobert's gonna play terrible defense, but just like they're gonna keep trying. Yeah. I wonder if since since and I don't know if this would be the case, right? But since they have so many, I wonder how how much time Zubox gonna get because. That's a decent if, question. If you if you if you, if you play small ball. They have enough small, like, not small ball, or smaller ball, I guess. They have, like, the Clippers' smaller team, and their best players defend. Yeah. So, like, that means, like, you could really just pull Rudy Gobert out and just expose him. You know what I mean? So I wonder how much Zub, how much playing time Zubat's going to get, yeah. because they turned the game around once, once Luke Kennard started going in and playing. Uh, they turned the series around, really. So, like, I'm wondering how much time Zubox is going to get because I actually well, like, part of the thing, though, right, is just, like, while he's not an amazing player, it's, like, the reality, though, is still, like, you do have to do something about Gobert. Not that he's, like, an amazing scoring threat by himself, but, like, he'll get you in, like, the pick and roll yeah. or, like, on the board. And that is, and, like, if you don't at least – try and, like, figure out what you're going to do about that. Even if the answer is just, like, we won't miss shots, which is, like, the dumbest way to go about it if for no other reason than, like, 
you might you're gonna miss some shots. You might miss a lot of shots depending on what the other guy is throwing at you. But um, it's just like the he'll probably eat up a lot of those smaller defenders that they would throw at him. Granted, it might just end up kind of canceling out, except for like he'll have a crap ton of boards. Um, but I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> That's fair. For what That's fair, but like you still have to. Address I'm not even sure why I don't. Like usually, I'm pretty good at articulating why I don't, you know, like a player for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure why I don't like Rudy Gobert. Maybe because like he. I feel like he boo boo, but like he's clearly not. He can't score. Like, the, yeah, that's probably. But like, like it's not even like a Dennis Rodman, all no. defensive rebound player. He's like all the defensive rebounds, but like he tall and lanky and goofy looking. Like he, it might be because because he's French. I'm not sure. <laughs> Look, and y'all forgetting something? The way that Jazz defense is set up, there is no unless you have. Even when you have five dudes on the perimeter, Rudy Gobert not leaving that thing. He yeah. might take a step out, but he ain't coming out there with you. I mean, if, if you're coaching Gobert, if nothing else, you'd be like, you'd be like, let let the dude you're guarding prove he can hit that first. Yeah, and he and they've tried like multiple times where they like try to put him on the perimeter and be like, oh no, but it's like, yeah, no, nah. Like, they scheme it where he ain't really got to do all that. Like, if if it, they had a stretch center, it'd be over. But, like, the ones – you still need someone who can hit well enough to be like, okay, you know what, like, we have to do something about him. They're going to have to put Morris at the five. They're going to have to put Morris at the five if we're really talking about this stretch lineup. If Morris is, what, 6'10", Rody Gobert, like, 6'11", I think he might be tough enough to really, like, hold his own in the post. The more – listen, I'll put any Morris in any situation. Cause them boys dogs, so like I probably would tell you the truth. Like that's the case. Like, but it's like the thing is though, right? It's like the issue isn't trying to guard Rudy Gobert in the post because Rudy Gobert is not, a, as we stated, is not a strong individual offensive player. You have you're going to have to deal with the pick and roll, and you're going to have to deal with like him, like the handful of times he probably cuts and whatever. Yeah. Right. And like those are much harder situations to deal with as an individual as an individual defender because the issue isn't just whatever your player is doing, it's what his teammate is doing too. Yeah. Which is gonna depend on like what your teammate is doing. And so like he like if, if depending on how the Jazz would want to do it, Rudy Gobert would still probably put up numbers against against well, I'm not gonna say let me feel like this. He's still a threat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Prediction time. Which, who, who you got? Clippers, seven. Um, I want Conley to get a ring, so I'm saying Jazz, probably seven, if we're being real. I'm going to go with uh, Calvin, Jazz, seven. How much more point on it? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for playoff P, so like, I'm not confident enough in that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Is that everything? Pretty much. Um, that's pretty much everything we're talking depth about, for real. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good two hours. Yeah. Literally two hours. Right. Great show. Oh, with that being said, I have been your host, Alan Perry Jr., and 
Let's go ahead and sign out with my boy Calvin in the flesh. <laughs> like as you know, usual, everybody. I'm Calvin McGowan. It's always it's always a pleasure. If you know you're joining us on YouTube, you know, thank you for listening to the end. You know, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave something in the comments. You of course can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you know, we'll be here. We'll we won't be here here next week, but we'll we'll be back next week. Will we be here? No, we won't be here. No, we would, right. we would have left the day before. Oh, that's gonna suck. But yeah, it's gonna be awful. Yep. <laughs> uh, my, my name is Will Dixon, aka Sesame Chicken, and uh, I'm hungry. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, you know. Thank you. <laughs> the Traveler Hooper podcast will be in Kansas City in July. So, Philip, all this harassing and touching I'm doing to Calvin, it's coming for you, big dog. Okay. 